Welcome to the new WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. Over the next half hour, WellMed Radio will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Joshua Beck and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. Here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Joshua Beck. Well, thank you very much, and welcome to WellMed Radio, and a very happy new year to each and every one of our WellMed Radio listeners, and to Joshua Beck as well. Happy New Year. Well, happy new year to you. It's good to see you. It's good to see you as well. 2020. Who would have believed it? I know, right? It sounds very uh, futuristic. No, I don't see it any does. flying cars out there, but you know, maybe they're not too far away. The Jetsons predicted it, but it hasn't happened. It has not happened, yeah, maybe in the next 20 or so. Well, right. Dr. Beck is a... Uh, Family doc, board certified. He practices at the WellMed Clinic at Loop 410 in Centerview mm-hmm. and sees predominantly patients who are 60 and over, Medicare eligible. Uh, but as WellMed begins to see some commercial patients from employer insurance, you do see younger folks. Yeah, we're starting to see younger. I would say uh, 18 and up. So it's it's still primarily an internal medicine practice. We don't see any babies. Or young toddlers, but we do see 18 and up. So, Is that for you a nice change? Uh, I think it is, you know, because, uh, you know, the problems of the young are not necessarily the problems of the old. I mean, they can be, but, you know, it's nice to get a little mix and, you know, different kinds of problems, you know. Some are more sports-related or activity-related right. where you might not hear, you know, about strains and sprains so much in the elderly. Usually it's fractures and bruises and, you know, torn skin. <laughs> now, one of the things that... Uh you, you do hear about with older patients mm-hmm. is a very painful condition called shingles. Mm-hmm. Correct. And, and for those <clears throat> who don't remember, give us the 411 on shingles. Yeah, so shingles is a uh, basically a, uh, a painful rash that you can get. You can't have it without the rash. It's not very common, but it is possible. But usually it's a painful rash, and it comes about due to uh, reactivation of the uh, chickenpox vaccine. The herpes vaccine or herpes simplex. So the virus. You, the virus. You get you get uh, chicken pox. You know, usually when you're young. Uh, you know, nowadays you may not even get chicken pox because you know there's a vaccine that you know kids will get, uh, school age kids, and that will help uh, lessen the degree or the severity of the uh, virus, uh, or or you just won't get it. Uh, but when I was growing up, you know, you would get chicken pox and, you know, your mom would treat you and she would put calum and lotion so you're not scratching it, the little round, you know, red raised lesions uh, throughout your body. And you, you may, have a, may have a fever and a runny nose and it's very, very contagious. So it's nice that we have a vaccine now to help prevent that. Uh, and so, yeah, so shingles is the reactivation that occurs usually uh, later in life. Um uh, you know, you can see it probably, you know, I mean, you can see it at any time, you know, it depends on, you know, how strong someone's immune system is or whether they have cancer or some other chronic medical problem like diabetes or COPD or heart failure. Uh, but usually it's older, older individuals, you know, uh, still young, youthful, Who 50s and 60s and, and above. And and some people get it and some people don't. You know, we have a vaccine uh, for that, which we can talk about a little later. Well, let me ask you this, because uh, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. long before you were a kid, mm-hmm. you were barely a zygote when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can remember 
Spencer Sharwell, a neighbor down the street, mm-hmm. got chicken pox. Uh-huh. My mother got so excited and said, mm-hmm. you and your brother Jimmy get down there right now. Mm-hmm. And we went and played with him so we would get chicken pox. Yeah, and then you would be done with it. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, from what I understand, it's a mm-hmm. lot less painful when you're five, six, seven, than mm-hmm. when you're 20, 25, 30. Well, it's also a different kind of a rash. Yeah, you get a different kind of a rash compared to shingles. But yeah, I would imagine that when you're younger, it's a little bit more manageable than when, you, when you're older and you get it. Now, the reason she wanted me to mm-hmm. get it, uh, even back then mm-hmm. in the 40s and mm-hmm. 50s, mm-hmm. 1940s and 1950s, wow. my mother understood yeah. uh, that once you got it, you were protected uh-huh. and you wouldn't get it again. Well, you wouldn't get chicken pox again. Exactly. And she mm-hmm. didn't. Who knew about shingles, who right? Who knew about it, right? And she was probably uh, very young at that time and, and, and didn't have shingles, so didn't know about it, you know? And so <clears throat> once you get it, mm-hmm. uh, you're protected, like a vaccination, mm-hmm. except that crusty little virus mm-hmm. doesn't go away. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, uh, in some individuals, you know, there's no way to test for sure, but in some individuals, supposedly your body stores a copy of the virus, right? You store a copy, your body develops an immune response against it through antigens. What are... What are antigens? Uh, it, it, you can think of it as a uh, as a, kind of like a memory cell that you know it's just a marker that just remembers you know hey this virus entered the body and so you know we're 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 here as a first line defense kind of like the army as a first line defense to kind of combat that virus if it presents itself again and so what happens is the herpes simplex virus the shingle, shingles and chickenpox virus will remain dormant. Uh, in your body uh, for most, and uh, it can reactivate in a rash, a painful rash called shingles later in life when you are ill and your immune system is weakened or you have cancer or you have chronic medical conditions or you take medication that causes your your body to be uh, a little weaker. What about stress? And stress can do it because that can, you know, lower your immune system. And so, you know, and that's usually when people will get it. I want to find out more about that, but before, mm-hmm. I, before I do that, for those of you who may just have joined us, you're listening to WellMed Radio on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Joshua Beck, and we're talking about shingles, and we'll talk a bit about the shingles vaccine for folks who are 50 and over, why it's important to get it. Now, once that rash pops out, mm-hmm. uh, they tell me that it, it runs along one nerve line mm-hmm. where it's been sleeping. So, boom, it wakes up, Mm -hmm. it stretches, pops out, Mm -hmm. and it hurts like you know what. Yeah, usually what happens is you'll have a burning, tingly sensation, maybe a little pain along uh, linear distribution of skin. So if you, another way to, to phrase that would be a, a horizontal distribution, not a vertical distribution. So we, we, we call that nerve line the dermatome. So it's, it's the line in which a certain nerve will run. And so you'll have uh, symptoms first, usually, followed by, you know, maybe a couple days, two or three days later by a rash. And usually it's a blistery pink or red, you know, rash. And there's a bunch of little blisters. You know, it's not like the chicken pox where it's widespread. 
And usually it's just in the linear distribution. This kind of thing when mm-hmm. you as a trained physician see it, mm-hmm. you know what it is. We know what it is based on the symptoms and the way the rash looks. And so, uh, you know, it's very, very prudent and important that if you start having the symptoms, even if the rash hasn't popped out, you can still come in and talk to your doctor, especially if you've had it before, then you'll know what you're looking for. But if you haven't had shingles before because you can't get it more than once, uh, you know, then uh, it's important that you go see your, your family physician. Uh, and discuss it so you can get on treatment because the treatment is effective only if it started within a certain period of time. Otherwise, it's not quite as effective. We still prescribe it to prevent complications from shingles, um, but it's very, very important that you come in uh, as, at the onset of symptoms if you can or uh, as soon as you recognize the, the onset of symptoms. What is the medication? So the medication would be uh, acyclovir is one. Uh, there's valcyclovir or Valtrex, which is another, which maybe more people know of because they hear about cold sore medicine, you know, cold sore medications on TV. So Valtrex or, or genital herpes, you know, they're all treated with the same, with the same antiviral. There's another, uh, antiviral called famcyclovir, I believe. It's not one that I use, but it's another one that can be used. And so what any is that, of those. What does the medication do? Uh, it just lessens the severity. It doesn't necessarily, I mean, it doesn't do anything to kill the virus. It just lessens the severity and the progression. Uh, and basically, we're really giving the medication not only to improve the symptoms and shorten the duration to some degree, but more so to prevent complications. And so the complication would be postherpetic neuralgia. What is that? So postherpetic neuralgia is a chronic nerve pain due to this nerve in the distribution of where the rash was, you know, where the shingles popped out. Right. Uh, or zoster would be another another name for it, herpes zoster. Uh, and so it's, you know, they can cause damage to the nerve. And sometimes if it's not treated, it can lead to a painful, chronic, lifelong, you know, pain that just doesn't go away. It just, it stays. Does not sound like fun. It doesn't sound like fun. And so that's why even if people don't make the threshold, we'll still give the antiviral, uh, not so much to shorten their symptoms at the time, you know, they present four or five days later, but more so to prevent post-herpetic neuralgia or that chronic nerve pain. And so you really want to come in to see the doctor within 48 hours would be best, um, you know, but 72 hours is, you know, a little bit less effective and then 96 would be even less effective and so forth. And so if you can come in within two days of the symptom onset, then that don't would be wait best. For, don't wait for the rash. Don't wait for the rash. If you start getting burning, tingling, and numbness and pain in a horizontal or linear, linear uh, distribution on your, skin. on your skin, then you want to come in to see your doctor. And if you've had shingles before, then you'll know what to look for. Uh, and, and what I thought I heard you say is you can get it again. You can get it again, which leads me to why it's important to get vaccinated. So we, we have a vaccine, uh, you know, that is called uh, Zostavax that was the original vaccine, uh, or at least that's the one that, you know, that I was trained on when I was a resident. And now there's I, a new one. Doctor, and now there's a new one. So the old one was, a, was about roughly 50% effective. So, you know, you can flip a coin and, you know, maybe you'll get shingles or maybe you'll be protected. Whereas the new one, uh, you know, is uh, a new vaccine uh, prote- protects, you know, nobody can claim 100%, but it's pretty up, it's pretty high up there. It's in the 90% uh, range of protection. And so, so some misconceptions are, you know, if you've never had shingles, can you get the vaccine? Yes. If you never had chickenpox, can you get the vaccine? Yes. 
if you've had uh, uh, shingles already or, uh, once or twice or however many times, can you get the vaccine? Yes. So you can always get the vaccine. And it should prevent a reoccurrence. And it should prevent a reoccurrence. Another common misconception is um, if I have shingles, I can't give shingles to somebody else. But if I have shingles and somebody else hasn't had chicken pox, then they're going to get chicken pox unless they have the, you know, the chicken pox vaccine. So, so it's very, very important. So explain that to me again. So mm-hmm. if we're sitting it's here. It's contagious. Yeah. Thank you. We're sitting yeah. close together here. Yeah. And if I you had now. shingles, no, <laughs> if you have shingles, yeah. I can get it from you. You can get chicken pox right. from me. Yes, wow. correct. And, I, and, I did not know that. And so it's very, very important to just point out that, you know, let's just say, you know, if you have shingles and you're around your grandkids and they haven't had chicken pox and they can get chicken pox from your shingles if they're touching and playing with the rash. Unless they've been vaccinated. Unless they've been vaccinated, then they may get it or they may get it to wow. a lesser degree. And then the other uh, caveat is pregnant people. So pregnant ladies should stay away from people that have shingles because it's, uh, you know, it's not good. It can cause congenital abnormalities in the fetus. Wow. And so it's important to stay away. It's a bad disease. Mm-hmm. So get vaccinated. Get vaccinated and, and then get treated on time if, 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 you, if you develop the symptoms. Now, the new vaccination is a two-part. You get it, and then within six months, you need a second shot. Yeah, I'm not really sure about what the time lapse is between the first and the second shot. I thought it was a month, but maybe, you know, if you've had it, then, you know, maybe you would yeah, I've had it. You've had it, so it's six months? Well, yes, you should get it sooner than that, but you can, I yeah. think, wait. Up to six, six months. months. Yeah, but it's a two-part, and it's almost 100% effective, and so it's highly recommended. My HEB pharmacy called me when I needed my second one. Okay, well, that was nice. It was very nice. Yeah. All right, we're going to shift gears in just a moment mm-hmm. and talk about those things growing on your skin and when to be worried. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Dr. Joshua Beck. You're listening to WellMed Radio, 9.30 a.m., The Answer. Caregiving is incredibly difficult and challenging for thousands of people caring for someone they love. It's a job that is demanding and often feels as if it's never-ending. Caregivers feel alone and lonely. That's where Caregiver SOS On Air comes to the rescue. This half-hour weekly program features nationally known gerontologist Carol Zerniel and attorney and veteran broadcaster Ron Aaron. Ooh. That's me. Caregiver SOS on air, Saturday mornings at 7.30, Sunday evenings 5.30. On 9.30 a.m., The Answer. Well, thank you so much for being with us on WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Dr. Joshua Beck. He is our expert, a WellMed physician, board certified in family practice, and you find him at the WellMed Clinic at Loop 410 in Centerview. And I commented when we began today that you have let your little furry face that fur is growing longer. Yeah. When now, it, now it is a beard as opposed to, oh, he forgot to shave. Yeah. Well, it's still I forgot to shave. I just forgot to shave for a little longer. But, uh, yeah, winter's my excuse to not shave and, you know, protect my face from the dangerous cold weather out there, you know, now that we're at 70 degrees, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, it was cold this morning. It, it was, was cold. 47 degrees. Mm-hmm. It sure was. And so, uh, yeah, this is a winter thing for me. Now, do your patients react at all when they see Oh, you know, I get uh, mixed responses. I usually get gentlemen that will say, oh, very nice. It looks nice. And then I get the, you know, the, um, uh, the ladies that say, uh, no, no, you look so much older. Shave it. Shave it off. We don't like the beard. So, and you do what you want to do. And I do what I want to do. Yeah, of course. But it'll come off. 
It will eventually. At some point. At some point, yeah. Now, we were talking just a little while ago about shingles and the shingle mm-hmm. vaccine. Shingles on the skin. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about skin. It is, mm-hmm. people don't realize this, our largest organ. It sure is our largest organ, and it can tell us a lot. Uh, you know, it can manifest certain diseases based on the color of your skin. Um, an example would be liver problems and, you know, yellowing of the skin due to jaundice, which is a buildup of bilirubin that causes yellowing of the skin. If you're hypoxic, you can have blue discoloration of the lips or the face. You hypoxic can be pale. Is low on oxygen. Low on oxygen. If you're anemic, you can be pale. Uh, and also, very importantly, are the things that grow on it. So it's important to pay attention to the things that grow on it. And uh, As I get older, yeah, it seems like more things are growing on my skin. More things tend to grow on it. And so, you know, it's prudent to say that it's important to, to you know, to look or have your spouse or significant other look uh, from time to time just to make sure that there's things that, you know, maybe look normal or, you know, those that maybe don't look normal or maybe you have a history of skin cancer and you need to be more more cautious and, uh, you know, uh, examine your own skin and then know when to bring it up to your doctor. Now, as a family doc, Mm -hmm. do you do a skin exam on your patients for their annual visit? And so I I generally will ask them, you know, if they have any new lesions, you know, or moles or or rashes or skin growths. Uh, And and if they don't, then I usually don't, uh, other than what I can see, you know, their arms or their hands or face or neck. Now, I ask my wife Mm -hmm. to uh, Mm -hmm. draw a circle around things that she's concerned about in places I can't see, like my back. Mm -hmm. So she'll do that. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Or maybe she just likes to draw and, you know, make little funny marks and say things. Or maybe she's leaving a note for the doctor that I don't know about. Maybe so, right? I guess I guess uh, <laughs> your doctor will know when he sees it. <laughs> that, that could be. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's, you know, that's one thing you can do. Another thing you can do is take a picture. Take a picture and... And, uh, you know, if, you know, you can take a picture now and then in a month, take another picture in the same light and angle and closeness and see if anything's changed. That's another good way to do it. Now, my dermatologist does that. I go to uh, mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Ana Savado, uh, mm-hmm. Savedo, who is just wonderful. Mm-hmm. And they do take pictures. They do. And then look at them again when yeah. you come back in for a visit. Yeah. So I think, you know, for the for the primary care doctor uh, or internal medicine doctor family or internal medicine primary care, you know, uh, you know, it's it's uh, we don't do full body skin exams because we have so many other things to address. That, you know, we just unfortunately don't have the luxury of time to do a full body skin exam, plus take care of all the other things like diabetes and high blood pressure and cholesterol and such and counseling, right, which is also important. And so, uh, that you know, that being said, uh, also, you know, we're family physicians, so we deal with a little bit of everything. We're not uh, experts in dermatology. I mean, we know a lot about dermatology, but we're not experts which is why we have, uh, you know, specialty, a dermatology specialty who does nothing but, you know, uh, you know, skin evaluations. Although, you know, nowadays now they do cosmetic, you know, they dip into the cosmetic realm too. Uh, but, the, you know, those are the trained, the really, really trained experts, you know, when it comes to uh, to skin exams. Cosmetic meaning a Botox treatment. And yeah, Botox or, you know, the facelift or, you know, whatever it is that they're going to do. Right. Um, and, and, and so, you know, for us, you know, and also, you know, these dermatologists have, have the capability, like you said, to take pictures and then to reevaluate it. And since they do this day in and day out every day, then they usually become very well trained 
as to know what looks atypical and what doesn't look atypical. Another another uh, factor is that they use something called a dermatoscope. So a dermatoscope is like a special microscope used to look really, really close to the lesion to see if you see any changes in color or texture or asymmetry or anything else that you wouldn't be able to see you know, with the naked eye, especially if it's a small lesion. So mm-hmm. tell us when we should be worried about something growing on our skin. So that would probably be the most the most important question there is, you know, when I was a resident, um, you know, we would go by the um uh you know, we kind of went by the A B C D and E uh evaluation. So A B C D E is a you know, A would stand for asymmetry, uh you know, is is the lesion asymmetrical Meaning, um, it, it's is not it, a is funny it, kind of shape. Yeah, if it's or if it's round and you know solid colored, uh, you know the C is for color. Um, you know, if it's round and and solid colored and and smooth, the body is smooth. You know, then you know, then you can say that maybe that's a benign lesion, right? Maybe it's not cancer, cancerous or precancerous. Whereas if it's asymmetrical and not round and there's, you know, it's like an ugly shape and maybe there's different colors in it, you know, D is the depth. So, you know, how big it is, you know, is it flat or is it, you know, sticking out? Um, And then E stands for examination, you know, which is what we examine. But basically what you're looking for is how big it is. You know whether it's round or not round, and whether it's solid colored or multicolored. If it's multicolored, then that's abnormal. So if you have a lesion that's uh, not round, it's a, a weird shape or ugly. You know, uh, multicolored. Well, ugly, ugly is subjective. So well, you know that's why you circle it or take a picture and you bring it to, bring it up to your doc, and then your doc can tell you whether he concurs or whether he thinks it's just you. Or she <laughs> says. Yeah. Wow, that's or pretty cool. Or she says, cool. yeah, exactly. Ooh, I like that. Exactly. So, you know, and the other thing is that, you know, as you get older, you will get benign skin lesions like skin tags and just moles. And, and you can get these other little funny looking things that look like they're stuck on moles. They're called seborrheic uh, or keratosis, seborrheic keratosis, which is just a benign, ugly looking mole that sometimes you'll see. You know, you'll be at the pool and you have the 90-year-old that's swimming and you see his back and they're just all these little brown little stuck-on moles. Those are age-related uh, skin growths that are benign. They're, they're not cancerous. Now, can you get that magic can of juice and freeze them off, spray them and get mm-hmm. rid of them? Yep. And so, you know, uh, that would be another reason. You bring it up to your PCP and, you know, maybe your PCP says, you know, this is a small lesion. It's not too big. We don't have to cut it out. It looks benign like a skin tag or like a you know benign mole, you know you just don't like the appearance, or you know because it's on your leg, you know, and it's ruining you and your shorts, you know, when you're walking at the beach, <laughs> um, or you rub it all the time, or you rub it all yeah. the time, you know, and you irritate it, um, you know, or it's the seborrheic keratosis, those benign little stuck-on skin lesions on your back. If they're not too big, then they can be frozen off. And do you do that in your office? And I do that if if, if the patient requests. I'd love a take-home can of that stuff. Yeah, it would be nice. Now, unfortunately, you'd have to take the canister of liquid nitrogen with you. Ah. Yeah. It's not just the spray can. It's not just the spray can. It's the centralized liquid nitrogen source, and then we dump it into the can, the little squirt gun, and that's what we use to, to you know, freeze. How do you learn how long to shoot it to freeze it? Uh, well, there's a uh, general consensus, uh, you know, that we learn, uh, physicians learn in training as residents, uh, hopefully. 
And, uh, you know, it, it, I like the hopefully part. Ho- hopefully you're taught. Yeah. Uh, and so usually it's, you know, three to five seconds. And then, you know, you may do one or two or three little sessions of three to five seconds. Um, so it's kind of arbitrary to some degree, but the general consensus is, you know, I would say is that, or at least that's, you know, how, how I was taught and, and how I have seen other people practice as now, well. Now, before we run out of time, we mm-hmm. got a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are different kinds of skin cancers, mm-hmm. different severities, and mm-hmm. uh, different threats to your health. Correct. So mm-hmm. I had, uh, for example, a, a basal cell mm-hmm. carcinoma removed that, mm-hmm. you know, say, hey, don't worry about it. We'll take it mm-hmm. off. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there are others that are a bigger threat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, there was a, uh, a, a saying, uh, you know, when I was in med school, and I don't remember, I, I, I think it was from the chin down or from the bottom lip down or your lips down, squamous cell carcinoma tends to be more common. And then from your lips up, basal cell tends to be more common. And so all of these cancers are, you know, some of them can be genetic, but a lot of them are uh, brought, brought on by too many sunburns, you know not protecting your skin when you're out in the sun and being out in the sun for prolonged periods of time without sunblock. Yeah, well, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. you'd go out in the sun, you'd rub Vaseline mm-hmm. all over your face, you'd mm-hmm. get some uh, aluminum foil on a piece mm-hmm. of cardboard to direct even more sun at your skin. And I would say that would qualify the, as uh, not a smart thing. Yeah, the darker, the, the darker you were, the, the, the more handsome you were, right? That Especially was a thought. in the summer. So, and now we know that that's not the case. And so now proper sun uh, protection is important. But, yeah, squamous cell and, and basal cell tend to be less uh, – I mean, they're still dangerous. They still have a uh, you know, small percentage uh, of those that can metastasize if they're not treated. But we melanoma is the bad one. Go to a professional to get it examined. Correct. Thank you. Thank Dr. you. Dr. Joshua Beck, appreciate it. We are flat out of time on WellMed Radio. Thank you for listening, and you can join us on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. We come to you Saturdays and Sundays on that radio station. We're delighted to be with you. All of our shows are available on podcast as well, and if you Google WellMed Radio, the podcast will pop up. For Dr. Joshua Beck, I'm Ron Aaron. Talk with you soon on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Thank you for listening to WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And please be sure to tune in next week for another edition of WellMed Radio.